Well, good evening, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, welcome back. It's really, really good to see y'all. Tuesday, whenever school started, I was all pumped up seeing so many that would come into the cafe, and uh, school felt like a lot of people were there. It was really cool. It felt almost normal, um, and this feels good to see so many of you here. Guys, um, the story we're going to get into is, is Jonah, right? And, and we're really familiar with Jonah and the whale, like from little grade school, right? Um, Jonah gets swallowed by the whale and then gets spewed out um, and begins to preach his mission. But I love Jonah. Um, I've never preached on Jonah, actually, so I want to kind of tease out his story a little bit because um, Jonah is kind of my story, and it might even be your story. Um, by the end of this homily, you might be able to say, gosh, I relate to Jonah 100%. Have you ever gotten into a disagreement with somebody? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and in that disagreement, somebody's got to win the, dis- the argument, right? Someone's got to be wrong and somebody's got to be right. And you'll go back and forth and back and forth until you win the argument. And even, I don't know if you've done this, but I've done it plenty of times, even if I knew she or he was right, I still was going to do my thing. <laughs> I still was going to go do what I wanted to do in the first place, right? Um, <laughs> that's basically Jonah in a nutshell, right? So if, if you could relate to that, I think you relate to what Jonah is uh, all about. Now, Jonah is one of the prophets, and I don't know about you, but whenever I think of prophets, I have a certain image in my mind, right? I think a prophet is holy. I think a prophet is able to speak out boldly against some of the cultural sins that are present. Um, I think that prophets, you know, um, really are, some people follow them and some people don't. And at the end of the day, most of the prophets get killed. Right? Um, that's what prophets do. They follow God's commands and they speak God's word. Except for Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's a little different. He's, he's kind of a, uh, he, he's got a personality to him that um, he's kind of rambunctious and, and he doesn't really, God has given him a message, but he just d- doesn't want to give it. And so he's rebellious against God in this way, right? And so Jonah was to do his thing. And so God tells him, he says, Jonah, I want you to go to the Ninevites and I want you to preach a message of repentance from them. Now, you've got to realize that the Ninevites, like these guys, this was the arch rival enemy to Israel. For centuries on end, this was the biggest enemy between Israel and, um, and the Ninevites, right? They couldn't stand each other. They're always at war with each other. And so God is saying, okay, Jonah, you're a Jew. I want you to go there and basically go into enemy enemy territory, cross that line, and start preaching and tell them how wrong they're living. Not a very good idea, right? Wouldn't really fare well, so he thinks. And so basically tells him, okay, I want you to go to Nineveh. So basically, okay, Jonah, you go east by land. And Jonah goes, nope, I'm going west by the sea. I'm going to Tarshish, the other end. Tarshish is basically modern-day Spain. And so it was the furthest end. There was nothing further than Tarshish. It was, in ancient uh, times, it was the furthest you could go without falling off the end of the world, right? Um, so that's Jonah's mind. God's saying, go one way, and Jonah's go, nope, I'm going completely the opposite. I don't want to go preach to those people. And so there's Jonah in his rebellion. And what's, what happens? Y'all know the story from here, right? He gets on a ship. And he starts to sail off to Tarshish, and a storm blows up. Jonah goes to sleep. He's 
uh, chilling out, and the people coming, the, the, the guys that are on the boat, they're like, dude, wake up. There's a great storm. Like, what have you done? We're trying to figure out why is God bringing about this storm. And so Jonah goes, oh, yeah, forgot to tell you, I'm running from God. He's making the storm come because of me. <clears throat> so what do they do? They do like any good uh, guy that runs a boat. They grabbed him and threw him overboard. <laughs> right into the stormy water, right? And so Jonah is now dying in the storm. And then the big old fish comes and swallows him and goes across the water and spews him out on the land of Nineveh. Basically is what happens, right? It amazes me. He was willing to die rather than do God's will. He was really, literally going to die because he didn't want to do what God was calling him to do. I just find that amazing. So he gets on to the land of Nineveh, grumpy as all get out. I mean, he just went for a ride of his lifetime in the belly of a well, like, whoa, like that's kind of crazy, right? I've never done that before. And now you're out there preaching. Like, all right, God, I'm going to do it. You brought me here. Don't want to do it. Crazy year, 2020, don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back in the belly of the well. But now I'm going to go and proclaim this message, of which I don't want to do to these people. And so he begins to proclaim God's message of repentance. And his message, his words are heard. The king hears his message, repent, right? And so he hears it, and the king proclaims a fast throughout the entire land. Every person, every woman, man, child, every animal, had to fast and put on sackcloth and ashes. They repented. And it took Jonah three days to go through the entire town of Nineveh to do this. And you would think at the end of it that he would be super stoked and he'd be so excited, like, yeah, this is great. They turned their ways and they're, they're turning to God like I'm such a good prophet. My words are so powerful. It made an entire city the size of New York repent. But he's not happy. Listen to this. Chapter 4, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. He says, I pray, Lord, is not this what I said whenever I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and a merciful God, slow to anger and abounding in mercy, and that you would repent from the evil. Therefore, O Lord, take my life from me, I beg you, for it is better for me to die than to live. <laughs> that, that's Jonah right there, right? He would rather die than see these people, his arch enemies, return to the Lord and be forgiven of their sins. Right? And so Jonah's story is just this wild, magnificent story that I think the, the mystery of our own vocations, our own call from God is right there, right? I mean, I know I'd definitely meet Jonah right there in my call to the priesthood. My gosh, I did not want to be a priest, right? At 16 years old, I knew God was calling me. I didn't answer the call till I was 33. I was like, God, you're saying go that way, I'm going to go that way, right? If I go to the priesthood, that means I have no money, no honey, and I have a boss. Ain't willing to do it, right? <laughs> not my dream, not my life, not my will. But, you know what's funny? The further away I ran from God's will, the greater the storm rose up in my life. Right? And that's what happened with Jonah. The further away he got from Nineveh, the storm raged. 
all the way up until he had to be thrown into the water to calm the rage, right? The, the storm that rages within our hearts as we don't follow God's will is magnificent. The anxiety in my heart was growing every single day. I was making bad decisions. I was flunking out of school left and right. I switched colleges six times, five majors, 13 years to finish an undergrad degree. I was lost as a goose because I knew what God wanted me to do, but I refused to go and do it. And God was saying, but I've created you for a purpose, Mitch, and I, I created you for this moment, for this, this life as a priest. And I was like, but God, I don't want that life. I'd rather something else. And so I took off in a different direction. And the storm continued to rage. And I continued to make bad decisions. And I continued to get into toxic relationships. I continued to try to do my thing because, you know, I was just going to go do me. And that's what I thought was going to make me happy. So maybe you can understand that. <laughs> maybe Jonah's story is your story like Jonah's story is my story. But there's that moment in everyone's life, and I think the apostles really show this to us, where they encounter this call from God, and they realize that there's a greater purpose in their lives than just their own plans, right? They realize that what I marked out for my path may not be the path that God wants me to be on. He's got something greater than that. He's got something bigger than that. And so here you have the apostles. They're doing their thing. They're fishing. They're mending their nets. And Jesus comes and says, hey, I want you to follow me. And they drop it all and they go. They didn't have this wrestling match in their heart like I had, like Jonah had. They didn't have this, this tension in their heart of like, no, I don't want to follow you, Lord. I want to go do my thing. They dropped it and they went. They found this joy. right? And they realized there's that great song. The song says, they said, I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. Like those words resonate so deeply in this call, right? That I'm done with the hiding, Lord. I don't want to keep doing my thing. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of the shame. My heart needs a surgeon. Oh my gosh. Like that is so true. How many times does our heart just feel like it's gone through a storm and been battered and beaten and abandoned? And broken. And so we turn to those comfort sins in our lives to try to mend that broken heart. Just to numb it for just a little while. Just a couple hours is better than what I feel right now. But the Lord is going, no, I've created you for more. I have mercy that I want to give to you. Listen, that's what Jonah knew it. Lord, you're a gracious God and you're merciful. You're slow to anger. Abounding in love and mercy. Guys, I don't know what your image of God is. It might be a just judge. It might be someone that I've got to make sure I do all the right things and check all the right boxes in my life. Otherwise, he's going to be angry with me and smite me. I don't know. But Scripture says he's a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. You see, St. Faustina has this beautiful, beautiful image of Jesus and his divine mercy. And she says... Listen to this, how incredible. She says, Jesus told her, if you take all of the sins of the world for all of history and you throw them into the ocean, he said, it's like one drop of water being cast into the ocean of my mercy. 
Like seriously, all the sins of the world that have ever been committed is like one little drop that's thrown into an ocean. And what happens to that? It gets submerged. You can't go grab that drop again. It's gone. It's washed away. It becomes one with this ocean of mercy, right? And so we got to think of that. Like God is calling you, every single person here, to mission. When we were baptized, we were put into a relationship with God as our Father. And that, He sends us out into mission. And it doesn't have to be this big grand thing. It can be whenever you leave here and a friend needs to talk to you and you lend a listening ear and you maybe pray with them. It could be choosing big things too. It could be saying, yeah, Lord, I, I need, uh, you know, I, I, I want to, I feel called that you're calling me here. I'll ask you to bless that. But if it's not, change the direction, right? We're all called to mission. It's simply to take the joy of the gospel to all those that we meet, right? To be that listening ear, that friend to people, right? St. Francis has a great quote. He says, preach the gospel constantly and if necessary, use words. Right? I love that. We've got to preach the gospel by our very lives. And whenever we are following God's will, and that's what we want, Lord, I want to do your will. And if this path that I'm going on isn't your will, then change the direction. Open another door for me. And I promise you he will. Right? And so maybe, maybe today, maybe this Mass, maybe that's what we're asking the Father at the beginning of this semester. I got graduation coming up in May. What am I going to do next? What's the next step? I got tests to take, MCAS to take. I've got interviews to go on. Do I want to change my major? Do I want to stay in the major? Am I planning on marriage? Do I want to go to the priesthood, a religious life? Like Decisions are made in college that are going to affect the rest of our lives. And so I think it's super important at this moment to say, God, what did you create me for? What's your will for me? And He will speak to your heart, I promise. And you will follow the passion that is within your heart. And when you find that, I pray that we have the courage to follow Him like the apostles did. Drop what I thought God was calling me to and go and follow Him instead of that wrestling match that happens between Jonah and God. Right? And so let us, with joyful hearts, come to this Mass today, realizing we're asking blessings upon you as you begin your journey with God in this spot, in this place, at Nichols State, to pursue what God has called you to and, uh, and what your purpose is. Amen.